Hey, I'm Micah. And I'm Jen. From 1994 to 1996, Jen lived in the middle of nowhere, Montana. But not by choice. She was sent to a therapeutic boarding school. I had some issues. While there, she performed hard labor. There was also a lot of forced exercise. Went through daily, hours-long group therapy. That shit didn't work. And when she left, she was left with some holes in her life. Holes? One of the holes was her pop culture hole. Yeah, I missed a lot of shit. And that's a hole we can fill. These are the rules. Never have sex. Never drink or do drugs. Never ever say I'll be right back. It's time for... I never saw that. Uh, as you know, Micah and and listeners, it is October. Yeah. And usually what people like to do in October is watch scary stuff and talk about scary stuff. That's what we're doing this month. And that's what we're doing because we are getting down with convention lately. <laughs> that's what we are. We're just we're doing very what everybody else does. It's um, fun though, except I don't know if you had very much fun watching this movie. No. I, well, there were parts of it that I thought were fun. Had you ever seen it before? No. The movie is Scream. Yeah. 1996's Scream, directed by Wes Craven. No, if I'd seen it before, we wouldn't have watched it. And also, this was not a movie that I ever would have seen. Uh, right. I wouldn't have watched it if I had stayed home, if I hadn't been sent away, unless I was with friends who like forced me to watch it kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, which I find interesting because you you did you have seen like Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth and stuff, right? No, you you I have never not saw seen any of those any when you of were a kid? those movies. Ever. No, never seen any Halloween movies. Never seen. See, I thought you had seen them. No, I saw The Exorcist in middle school. Um, I saw The Shining when I was nineteen. I I avoided all of those like slasher scary movies. Like, I wanted nothing to do with them. I was a very, very sensitive kid and really hated violence. I still, like, it, I, there are things about this movie that I appreciate, but I just want to put this out there for everyone who loves this movie and, like, slasher films. I hate slasher films. So um, I know that I'm not probably appreciating it uh, to the level that some people really appreciate it. Yeah, because it's very meta and it's very, it, like, no, comments on... No, that's the part on, I like. It's like... It almost in places it satirizes those movies oh, and certain sure. tropes and stuff. There's um, a lot of satire in yeah. it, and I really appreciated that. It's funny because I never saw those movies either as a kid. I've never seen a single like Friday the Thirteenth, really? Nightmare on Elm Street. Because you were because no. you were scared, or well, I think like my parents wouldn't have allowed me to see them. My mom would be like, "No, he can't see those." Um, I think, but it was just kind of an unspoken thing. Like, don't watch those. We don't want you to watch those when I was younger. And then, and yeah, didn't I they watch The Shining with yeah. you when you were like eight? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was when I got older. I just wasn't interested. I did. I I do have times where I like being scared and I like a suspenseful movie. But I'm not into the like blood slasher films yeah, at all. That's my thing. Um, it's the... So I also didn't get the a lot of the references probably. But I did see Scream when it came out in theaters. Interesting. So, I don't why, know why. why this one? I don't know. I mean, it, it was, was a huge movie. Yeah, at the it was time. huge. It was big. Yeah. Um, it had a huge cast of big yeah. up-and-coming teen stars. Um, I wrote in one of my notes, it says, like, dude, every white guy that was, like, up-and-coming is in this movie. I mean, I don't know why I said that, but it's, like, Matthew Lillard and Jamie Kennedy and... Yeah, Matthew Lillard, who we've talked about David Arquette. a few times before. Yeah. Yeah, he's back, baby. 
So uh, there's also a lot of like women in this movie that were big stars yep. and became big stars. Nev Campbell, Drew Barrymore has a little like weird yeah. cameo at the beginning. Yeah. That was yeah. a huge deal. She was yeah. on the posters. I know. I have questions, but well, I think that's another thing that they were. They have like the big like star and then they kill her right away. Um, it was supposed hmm. to be surprising and it. I mean, it wasn't surprising. It was because uh, that's the first note I took was, okay, Drew Barrymore is going to die. Why did they have her in this movie? <laughs> um, I mean, I get it's like a thing that they're either making fun of or they're just using her to draw people to the movie. I don't know. But yeah, let's talk about the cast really quick. Or okay. do you want to do something else first? Uh, what do you mean? Hmm. What could I mean, Jen? Uh, you could mean so many things. We could play a round of backgammon. Nope. We could do a little bit of, um, uh, uh, would you rather? Nope. Um, never have I ever? Nope. I don't know what you mean. Really? Then. You don't have any? No. See you in the funny papers. See you in the funny papers. Okay, so I'm going to take you back to Grimace, Texas, Jen. Super. Do you remember Grimace, Texas? Mm, I remember that you said that once, and I don't remember what the comic is. It's a small town. Yeah. um, And it's where the comic Geech is set. Oh, wow. That was recent that we did Geech. We're doing Geech again. Um, Geech. We've got three panels today, and we have two characters in this Geech comic strip. Sure. Not Geech, though. Of course. Geech isn't in this one. Was Geech in the last nope. one? Okay. You still haven't met Geech yet. How do you know that Geech is a character then? Wikipedia, Jen. And oh. I remember Geech. You from do? From my childhood of reading comics. Do yeah. you? Yes. Okay. I remember Geech. Um, so in this one, we have two characters. We have Reverend J.C. Meeks. I don't know what the J.C. stands for, but it's obviously Jesus Christ, probably, right? <laughs> I don't know what it stands for, but it's obviously... This. I mean, it's got to be. That's right? a funny way of. So he's an old, like, clergy guy. Sure. Um, and then the other character is Rabbit T. Fester. Cool. Um, As in Uncle Fester? No. He, oh. His name's Rabbit, and he owns the bar in town. Hmm. Um, okay, so three panels. Ready? Are there any Adams Family movies in our timeline? Because that would be fun to do. Did you not? Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, or? I would rather talk about that. You I would? would rather talk about that. Yeah, yes, I would. Then I have you describe a fucking comic strip to me again? I don't know if there are any Adams Family movies in our timeline, but you've seen them all, so I don't I think don't it matters. I don't give a shit. Okay. Um, listen, did you even say what the date is? Where are we? October eighth, nineteen ninety four, is where we're at, Jen. Okay. Um, and three panels. We're gonna talk about the other Fester, not the Adams Family one. Um, in the first panel, we see Fester standing behind the bar, and he has his hand, um, like his finger kind of crooked, you know, and like in front of his mouth, like he's thinking, okay. he's considering something. And he has a towel over one arm, and he's standing there. And on the other side of the bar is our Reverend, J.C. Meeks. And the Reverend, oh, wait, let me describe their heads a little bit, because they're, I'm just going to say they're rather bulbous, <laughs> like all of their features, their noses, their ears their foreheads, their arms. It's all just kind of bulbous. And yeah, Fester's got a big old nose. I feel like I say that You every do week. every week. Yeah, they, they like big noses, big yeah. bulbous noses. And the Reverend looks like the, the barber from the last geech we did. 
Okay. Big glasses on and kind of a bald oh, head. Oh, that was Geech. Geech was the one that yeah. we couldn't figure out the, the joke one, because it yes. was such a stupid joke. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Great. I'm really looking forward to this now. <laughs> okay. So the Reverend is standing on the other side of the bar, and we're on the side of the bar with Fester. So we're looking across the so bar. So Fester is the, the bartender. I Fester assume. is the bar owner. Yes, and the bartender. Um, and he has black hair. He's got a full head of black hair and big sideburns that come down over his big bulbous ears. And the reverend says, Brother Fester, I'd like to personally invite you to our service tomorrow. I think my sermon will be right up your alley. Okay, that's the first panel. Second panel. Is it going to be a bowling joke? You just have to wait and see, Like right up your alley? Did you want to make some predictions? Do you get it? Yeah, I did want to make prediction. Bowling. You think the the joke is that it's the sermon's going to be about bowling? Yeah. Okay, what would be your punchline for that then? Um... Let's go Holy Rollers or something, you know, like it's like they're in a bowling league together. And maybe, okay, here's what it is, is that the Reverend is pretty good at bowling, but this guy, Fester, kind of sucks. And so this is sort of like a passive aggressive way of the Reverend being like, I think you'll really, I think my sermon will be right up your alley. And then it'll be like something about like, you know, stop sucking at bowling. Like the Lord saith. So is this is this all backstory that followers of the comic know about? Or are you setting this all up in the two remaining panels that you have? Yeah, two remaining panels. It wouldn't be hard to show it. Okay. Um, so you show a panel with Fester sucking at bowling and the, the reverend being no, like, no, ah. no. You show a panel. The next panel is just like, um, well, you have to show them both wearing like matching jackets that say like Holy Rollers on the back or whatever. Holy Rollers is a great name for a bowling team of uh, with a pastor. Of a bartender and a pastor. Yeah, it's pretty fucking good. So you're going to use one of your panels to show them like a flashback in bowling jackets, you said. You no, said bowling no, jackets, I believe. No, not a flashback. Not bowling shirts, not like what bowling teams wear, but no, they have jackets. No, bowling teams also have jackets sometimes, the okay. fancy ones. Like satin jackets? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Micah, I don't know. Why don't you just... Con- I, I... It's a ridiculous setup, Jen. It wouldn't Great. work. Okay, but I bet Obviously, this one's Obviously, you're not be a bad. cartoonist. You know what? I bet you $1,000 that my idea is funnier than whatever bullshit you're about to say to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, are you ready for the second panel or do you need a one panel, a first panel recap? No, I'm good. Okay. Okay, so there's no bowling involved at all in any way because that's ridiculous. Um, Second panel. Well, then that was a waste of a pun. (laughs) Okay. Second panel is just a close up of the Reverend. And he says, It's titled, God Loves You, Even If You're a Scum Sucking Sleazeball. (laughs) Ha! Okay. All right, ready? That's pretty funny. Third panel. Um, now we're on the other side of the bar, so we're looking over the Reverend's shoulder at Fester behind the bar, and now he's like wiping glasses with his towel, and he says, and you think that's right up my alley? And the Reverend says, well, I know it's in your neighborhood. I mean, what the fuck? Listen, oh my God. And that's Geech from that's, October 8th, 1994. That's fucking infuriating, because that should have been two panels. And the joke was, it's called... God loves you even if you're a scum-sucking sleazebag. That's funny. Period. Sleazeball, but... Whatever. Why the fuck would he do another panel he made that a then little, ruins the joke? He made a little funny pun about Allie, just like you were going to. 
What? Know, What's the right pun? Up, right up my alley. Well, I know it's in your neighborhood. That's not. Fu- that's not a pun. That's not funny. That's not funny. <laughs> no. You were on board in the middle, but they ruined it. Is what you're saying? They fucking ruined it. They ruined it. it by trying to. I don't know what they were Went trying. Too to far. In your neighborhood is not what you would associate with alley. That's like a, a no. Well, like up my alley. No, or I like, get it. I know it might not be right up your alley, but it's somewhere in the like no, in that I, block. I understand, but like most people don't live in an alley, so you know what the fuck. That's your problem with it. <laughs> it's not realistic I'm because most people there don't live was in a alleys. Bowling pun right there. Right there. <laughs> I do really appreciate the second panel. That was funny. That was probably the funniest thing you've ever read to me in this whole history of this segment. And that's why I'm so angry that they fucked it up. Like, that's funny. God loves you, even if you're a scum-sucking sleaze ball. Yep. Ball? Yep. I like sleaze bag, personally. But, I mean, regardless. um, Yeah, I'm pissed. See you in the funny. So, I mean, I'm just going to do, I don't want to waste any of my 30-second time talking about characters and their names and the actors that portrayed them. Right. Because so I'm going to do that right now. Last week, we introduced a new little, I don't know if you'd call it a segment, just a little thing that we do now, which is 30-second yeah. plot synopsis, where we take turns each week. I did it last week. Um, you should go back and listen to that. Because well, you, I mean, It was did pretty it. super. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, the game is you have exactly 30 seconds. You cannot go over and you cannot go under. Um, and, and, uh, if you do go over, you will hear a loud noise. Yeah. That stops you. That's your punishment. A loud noise. Actually, either way, you're going to hear a loud noise at the end of 30 seconds. Anyways, so go ahead and do your thing. Okay. So of course we have Nev Campbell starring in this film as Sydney. Um, Gail Weathers is a news person played by Courtney Cox. Dewey, oh, yes. Dewey is the like sheriff's deputy. Um, David Arquette. David Arquette. Casey, who we already talked about, is Drew Barrymore. She dies right away. Um, Billy is Skeet Ulrich, who we've talked about Again? before. Yeah. In The Craft. Oh, right. Yeah. Two weeks ago, we talked about him. He plays such a good dirtbag. He's kind of he's dirtbaggy. Yeah. He's a scum-sucking sleazeball. I guess. I don't know. He played Jughead's dad in Riverdale, or plays him. Another um, returning character is uh, Matthew Lillard, I guess you could call him a returning, returning character. actor? Yeah. Yeah. Um, We've he plays seen him Stu, in several Billy's things. Mm-hmm. best friend. Um, Tatum plays Rose McGowan, and she is Sydney's friend. Rose McGowan? Tatum Rose McGowan plays, plays Tatum. <laughs> Um, right, I forgot. Yes. And this was a Harvey Weinstein movie. So clearly, let's okay, just which, get this out there. Hey, by the way, makes perfect sense with the plot of this movie. Yeah, he's he's a gross monster. Um, and then Randy is played by Jamie Kennedy. And there are other people Good in character, it too. Best character. Um, um Henry Winkler is Henry in Winkler it. Henry Winkler is in it. He plays the principal of the Probably high school. Probably not going to be in your 30 second synopsis, but I don't know. We'll talk about him later though. Okay, so are we, you yeah, want me to I, try this now? Yep. You get your yep. stopwatch ready? Ready? Yep. Three, two, one, 30 second synopsis. Okay, so Sydney is a high schooler and her mom was raped and murdered a year before and it's like the anniversary of that coming up and 
Um, Drew Barrymore is in a house by herself as the movie opens and she gets murdered. We talked about that already by a guy in like a black outfit and a, a white mask, the scream mask. Um, and um, yep, that's it pretty wow. much. So, so Nev Campbell um, is, she thinks that she knows the murderer, but she doesn't. <laughs> that was fucking terrible. I really thought you were going to be better at that than I me. did too, but and I you was weren't. not. I no. laid out all the characters before so I would save time and be able to talk about the plot, and I did not do that. I mean, you did more plot stuff than I did. I think in mine I was like, Leslie Nielsen's in it, and he's vam- and it's basically Dracula, and I feel you at like least you, said some things that happened. I feel like you covered more than I did. I feel like I said like one sentence, and I it mean, was you're right. Over. I was trying to be nice, but... Yeah, yeah, you you fucked, you sucked. I that blew was great. it real bad. You blew it. Um, that's all we're gonna say about the plot. So, <laughs> good thing this is a very, very big, oh, famous Jesus. movie that most people have seen. Yeah, everybody already knows, right? Uh, um, yeah. I, I mean, the plot isn't even the interesting part. The interesting part is that it's like a commentary on horror films. That's why it was a big. It was like the first meta horror film. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's like. Yeah, it's meta, but also it's still just a bunch of teenage girls getting murdered, you know? Yes, yes. And it's like... <sighs> That's what I wrote down. I, I wrote down that they, like, point out all these tropes. So in the yeah. universe of the movie, like, Jamie Kennedy is a big film buff, and he loves horror films. And he he's is the, one the that meta element. He yeah. lays out the rules that we said at the beginning. Jesus Christ, you don't know the rules? Have an aneurysm, why don't you? There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. For instance, number one, you can never have sex. Big no no! Big no! Sex equals death, okay? Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. No, the sin factor. It's a sin. It's an extension of number one. And number three, never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. And they all comment on those things. Like the killers comment on movies and horror movies. And they're all talking about them. There are kids that work in a... um, I think Stu and Jamie Kennedy's character work... Matthew Lillard and Jamie Kennedy work in a video store. And they have a big scene in the video store where they talk about the different things that happen in horror movies and they the tropes are like right in front the whole movie yeah and they comment on them but they don't really break them down they like do the same things yeah 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 i mean some of it's for laughs like nev campbell has a line where she says like she's on the phone with the killer and she's like some big breasted girl that's supposed to that runs upstairs instead, instead of going, of going out, out the front, front door, door. Yeah, and then it, she does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it like is immediately funny. after. It is funny. It's it's um like I said, those parts I do I did really appreciate. I love the meta element. I think Jamie Kennedy's character was my favorite part of this because because of that. Um because it did bring me back to earth and remind me that they were trying to do a thing with this. Like it wasn't it wasn't really just another slasher movie. Even though it was, you know what I mean? Yeah, it totally was. I mean, it totally was. That's the thing. So, like, I struggle because while I do appreciate the satirical elements of it, I hate slasher movies. So, you know, there's still the part where Drew Barrymore gets, like, 
slashed open and yeah. he leaves her hanging from a tree like with her I mean it's so gross there's it's a lot so of disgusting blood. there's a lot of like like Rose McGowan gets crushed by a garage door which is yeah, not which a is thing that could happen a lot less gross than a lot of the other parts yeah. but oh and W Earl Brown is the actor that plays Kenny he's the cameraman for Oh, uh, yeah, Cox. he was in Deadwood, he's, yeah. He's Dan, the bartender in Deadwood. What else is he in? Something else? Or he's, do I just know yeah, him Yeah, he's that? been in a lot of stuff. He was in The Mandalorian recently, um, and he plays a bartender with I didn't uh, watch Timothy much Oliphant of that, as you know, there. so I don't know why you would bring that up. Well, it's it's a good role for him. You can't tell it's him because he's in tons of like alien makeup, but it's cool that he got to play a bartender across from Timothy Oliphant again. Anyway, so I think... Um, so here's the thing. Like I had this conversation with a friend of ours last night, actually, about horror and certain types of horror movies that are that are really like I understand why people like horror in some ways and some types of horror and especially you know um members of certain communities and women and you know like because it's it's validating in a way like I love the movie The Stepford Wives um which is not like there's no blood in it it's it's more suspense I would say than horror but yeah, I I would say it's a horror film. I mean, but the it's end terrifying. is horrifying. It's more disturbing. It, it is yeah. horrifying. Yeah. yeah, but it but for me, it's like it's like psychological horror, and it's it's very validating yeah. to me. It's like, yeah, this shit is fucked up, and it's it's a you know we have these like this. I, I guess what I I guess maybe what it is that I appreciate about the Stepford Wives that's harder for me to appreciate about a movie like Scream or any you know like super ultra violent horror movie is that the super ultra violence feels more real to me it feels more like something i'm actually scared of whereas the stepford wives i don't want to give it away because if anyone hasn't seen the original stepford wives you should go watch it like i love it so much but what they do in that movie is not a literal fear that i have you know what i'm saying yeah, but also, but I it think... validates fears that we all of that women yeah. all have of men and the whole premise of that movie is a metaphor for something that's real. Yes, exactly. And there's no metaphor. I mean, there are metaphors, but there's no metaphor in the literal slashing of people that's that happens exactly. in horror movies. That's it's... that's that's what I mean. So I don't find it comforting. Like slasher movies, I I understand that some people probably do because it's like seeing your fears in some way is. Um, cathartic or yeah 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 and I do find some like we were our conversation last night was actually about The Shining which we just watched with our son um, <laughs> and every time I watch that movie I'm like I'm never fucking watching that movie again because it disturbs me so much and this time it didn't disturb me as much and I think probably because I've seen it so many times now but also because we were watching it with our son and I don't know why, but yeah, that's a common thing too. Is like, yeah, you can be scared for someone else, and you have to exactly. separate you yourself have to a little be bit, strong for that person, and not be immersed in it. But as much. holy fuck, Shelley Duvall's performance oh. in that film is so deeply upsetting and really yeah. wonderful. And really, that movie is about you know domestic violence and spousal abuse and like some very real yeah alcoholism and yeah, but they take it to a they take it to. Right. Not absurd. I wouldn't say it's an absurd level, but like supernatural. And, yeah. you know, there's, there's other shit that's element. like, it's not a literal fear. The but Shining. It... Sorry. No, it's fine. The Shining is a, a good example, too. An interesting example, because it is it's not a slasher movie, but it does have bloody scenes that are very gory and yeah. disturbing imagery in other ways. Yeah. Um, but for me, The Shining is disturbing because of the 
the soundscape and the oh, music. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> um, yeah, and the whole atmosphere of the film. See, for me, it's horrifying. all about the mother and child. It's about what's always disturbed me about it up until this watching has been Danny, the kid, because I really struggle with anything that has to do with kids. Like, I don't I I usually avoid things that are about like kidnappings or kids getting murdered and stuff like that, because I really I, I just don't do well with that. But so that's always been what has disturbed me. I'm like this poor fucking kid. But this time I was much more tuned into her um yeah i mean that's the stuff in the story that's terrified she scary was scary and disturbing yeah but and, i was and, talking about it's it's like effective for me or more no, affecting I, to me because of the way it's crafted i understand and the the film obviously stuff, that's but, what makes yeah. the shining the shining i'm just saying God, that, that when movie. it comes down to it for me what it it's really about a mother and child and a mother trying to protect her child from his fucking deranged father, you know, like it yeah, anyway. So this this episode is not really about the shining, but <laughs> my point is that this movie Scream is for me personally not one of those cathartic movies. It's it is just reinforcing the fear for me of girls being hurt and murdered and um I don't, you know. So it's a, it, I don't like it. I don't yeah. like that. So. It's not. I mean, I, I'm not saying Scream isn't a well-made film. I think Wes Craven is a really good filmmaker of scary films. Um, yeah. But it's not. It doesn't affect me in the same way, and I'm not interested in watching people get right. cut up. I mean, that's or, a huge. I'm yeah. not into like the torture stuff that was no. so popular recently, and I'm not into the oh no Never. slasher stuff. I just don't. Those things make me feel uncomfortable, and I know some people like that because it's like a release. It's a safe way to like experience those things or sure. see those things. Really experience like some fear that, yeah, yeah. And I just don't. That doesn't do it for me. It's yeah. not my thing. Right. Um. So Scream was interesting to me because of all the commentary and the parody. Yes. Kind of. Um. But they also did the like literal slashing stuff and yeah. that was less that's always less interesting to me yeah yeah i agree so yeah i don't we, i mean you we already did the <laughs> 30 second plot basically though uh what it comes down to is that matthew lillard and ski ulrich ulrich i don't know are the Stew and Billy. ones they yeah. Stu and billy are the ones that have been killing everybody they like take turns wearing the mask and the outfit and they like have a voice changer yeah they make the calls with i i was it's fucked up i really liked some of the technology that they talked about in this movie because it's like the mid 90s yeah and billy has a cell phone that's what first like oh yeah tips off it Nev falls Campbell. out of his pocket yeah. and she's like she runs upstairs, doesn't she? Isn't yeah, that when she's she like, runs why do you have a cell phone? And it's like, well, they're in her room. He like sneaks in and the cell phone falls out. And, and then she calls the cops and they come and arrest him. But she calls the cops on her laptop. Oh, she does? Which I don't know. I mean, I guess I could do it right now because you can use your laptop when it's connected to your phone to make phone calls and like FaceTime calls and stuff. But hmm. in 1996. Yeah, that's. It was them like really reaching to be like, we're going to use this new technology that's just going right. to be totally normal in a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't remember a time where I could make a phone call. I could call a modem, but. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This Maybe is... it wasn't even her laptop. It was like a computer, a desktop computer or something, probably. I don't know. Yeah. My notes. Sorry. I'm looking at my notes. I said, ha ha. She went up the stairs when she should have gone out the front door. Yeah. That is the part where she runs upstairs away from him. Um, and it's funny. 
I also then wrote, why does Billy's dad look like that? And I just bring that up because I wonder if you know what I was talking about, because I don't remember what Billy's dad looked like. I don't. I mean, he's played by Liv Schreiber. Oh, Um, is he? Oh, my God. I don't remember that. So the story is, his name's like Cotton something, and he... um, He's in prison for killing Sydney's mom. Oh, right, 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 right. But you don't right, know that right, right. that's Billy's dad yet or something? You can't because they're dating. Like, why would she date her, the dad of this person that was... So anyway, Cotton was having an affair with Sydney's mom. Yeah, which is why... what the cops think is that he raped and killed her. But it was actually his son Yeah, who, who was upset that. because... He was, he tore the family apart or something by having this affair. She she did it. Yeah. Her slut mom, basically. Like, yeah. yeah, So her her mom was a slut. So she deserved to die, was the whole, you know, which again is a horror trope that they're, you know, playing on. Yeah. But I don't know why you would write down what, why does he look like that? I don't don't know. I I just, he looked fucking weird, I guess. So Courtney Cox plays this um, reporter who has interviewed him. And I think you see that, like, some interviews because it's like the year anniversary of when she was killed. Uh huh. Um, and Courtney Cox believes he's innocent, but she's the only one. Courtney Cox is the hero of the movie, ultimately, actually. I mean, she's the one who ends up shooting yeah. Billy in the end. And yeah, there's a big scene at the end where Matthew Lillard and Skeet Ulrich, like, they monologue a whole bunch and tell Sydney the whole story, and yeah, they yeah. end up stabbing each other to make it look like. You know they're they're explaining how they're going to get away with it exactly, again. and then Billy accidentally stabs him too deep. So yeah. <laughs> so Matthew Lillard's dying, and then <laughs> she stabs Billy with an umbrella, yeah, yeah, or something. And then Courtney Cox comes in and tries to shoot him, but the safety's on, and there's a whole back and forth, blah blah blah. No, but she does shoot him. And she does the second time. She like turns the safety off and kills him, and then or kills Matthew Lillard. I don't remember. They throw a TV on one of them. Because he's still alive. Yeah, that was um, Matthew Lillard. Stu. Yeah. yeah. Stu and was Matthew Lillard. So at the end, it's just like Courtney Cox, Jamie Kennedy, and Nev Campbell. They're the only ones alive, basically. Yeah. And, and then Courtney... Dewey comes back to life. He was, everybody thought Dewey was dead, but he was fine. Oh, yeah. Dewey is David Arquette. Because the... I was just going to say he died too, but I guess not. He got stabbed in the back. But they like hook up. And it made me wonder, is this when they actually hooked up in real life? I think so. Or were they together already? I don't know. David Arquette is very funny in this movie. Yeah. He's like uh kind of cop. Yeah. You know, like he's like the Dudley Do right. Like, he's funny. He's sweet and he's sweet, yeah. And for some reason she's he's into kinda him. dopey. You look awfully young to be a police officer. I'm twenty five years old. You know, in a demographic study I proved to be most popular amongst males eleven to twenty four. I guess I just missed you. <laughs> of course, you don't look a day over 12. Except in that upper torso area. Does the force require you to work out? No, ma'am. Because of my boyish good looks, muscle mass has increased my acceptance as a Sears police officer. Uh, another note I took, it's in quotes. It says, you are pathetic. And I wrote, no, those pants are pathetic. So just some commentary on 90s fashion. Don't know whose pants I was talking about. Hmm. But somebody's pants... Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Do you want to talk about Henry Winkler, your favorite part of the movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, here's my note on Henry Winkler. My first note on Henry Winkler was just, yes, Henry Winkler. And then a little ways down, what I wrote was, Henry Winkler is the best part of everything he's in. 
And he's dead. I'm out. So, two of your fellow students just savagely murdered. And this is the way that you show your compassion and sensitivity, huh? Let me show you something. You're both expelled. Get out. Um, but yeah, I love Henry Winkler. I mean, that's all I have to say he about was it. Really he really good. He gets stabbed and he dies. He like did a bunch of everybody. announcements um, in the high school, like the principal doing an announcement in school that were very funny. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, Henry Winkler and then Jamie Kennedy were the best parts uh, because they were kind of like the comic relief. And I need that in a horror movie. And, uh, you know, we've seen Drew Barrymore several times now on this podcast as well. And it's always fun to see her. This this era of Drew Barrymore is uh, just so iconic, yeah. I think. Um, and, you know, Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox and all those people. I mean, it's all white people. I don't think there's a single person who's not a white person. Is there in the whole movie? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So but that's pretty typical for 90 slasher films, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean. Or earlier slasher films, too. Um, yeah, there was a scene in the high school as well where there's a janitor who's like wearing a striped red and black shirt you know like freddy krueger oh yeah and i didn't remember that they they call out to him and say his name or something and it's just supposed to be a reference they have a lot of other i'm sure there's a lot of stuff like that that yeah, i missed that like i didn't funny even pick up on they do a whole bunch in there and the, the mm-hmm. sheriff has a couple good quotes about teens these days and right. he doesn't understand them and sure yep yeah, I mean, and it, yeah, it's disturbing because it's kids killing people and kids getting killed. And um, I just the idea of like sociopathic teens is really, really disturbing to me. And like Matthew Lillard and Billy. Matthew Lillard Matthew plays Lillard such a Ulrich. good like psychotic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they're very convincing. Person. Yeah, he laughs. This is. Like it's like I, a game to him. In the beginning, I was really annoyed because all these kids were laughing about the murders that were happening. I was like, why would anybody be laughing about this? This is not. But then, of course, you know, you find out it's them. So it kind of makes sense. But they're just total psychopaths. Matthew Lillard and, plays the same douchey dude he played in the other Drew Barrymore movie. The one with Chris. Uh, Chris O'Donnell. O'Donnell. Yeah. Mad and, love, mad yes, love. He plays the friend in that who just wants to get laid. Oh, that's and right. Talks about that's right. Getting yes, laid all the yes, time. yes. And it's just the same. But he's and, like harmless in that movie. Yeah, but in this one, he's like a laughing he's, psychopath. Yeah, and he's awful. Skeet Ulrich though is more like calculating and yeah, scarier to me. Definitely. Um, I mean, they're both scary to me. I just, I don't know, just. The idea that these people are out there, it just doesn't make me feel great. I I mean, they're not out there, but they are also. You know what I mean? Yes. And in the universe of Scream, they also are out there because this spawned four more films, I think. Yeah. I think there were five Scream films and a TV show on Netflix for a while. Oh, really? Was um, it Nev Campbell in all of them? Like. No, I don't know that she was in all of them. I think one just came out a couple of years ago. Like, they made a new really? one. Um, just like last year or something. And I think she was in that one. But different people, because both the bad guys die in this one, like Matthew Lillard right. and yeah. Skeet Ulrich die. So different people put on the scream mask and yeah. keep murdering yeah, different people like, in like all the that. films. I don't like that. I don't need to watch another one of these. I'm good. And it spawned a very popular Halloween costume. Well, still, yes, I still see I kids 
oh, trick yeah. or treating with the scream. With and it fills with blood. It's really gross. Oh, really? I yeah, the seen mask. Oh, super gross. Not my thing. Not my thing. But if it's your thing, that is totally fine. And I know it is a thing for a lot of people. So I mean, I've gotten so much braver. Listen, I watch. Oh yeah. I watch Stranger Things. Okay, you guys. Like I'm pretty tough. She over watched here. Game of Thrones with all those beheadings. And I've watched. Uh, yeah, I've. She watches I, things now. I have watched like some pretty gross. Like wow, God! I watched a show, Midnight Mass. I watched not too long ago, and it is a super gross, very gory horror show. Uh, so my point is. I have gotten much braver, and um, I don't know. Some things I I appreciate, and some things I don't. I You've still... gotten desensitized, just like the kids in this movie, Jen. I, no, I'm not desensitized, though. I'm just braver. I'm still highly sensitive, actually, to it. But I, I, some things I can appreciate more than others. And I think for me, things that have like a supernatural element make it easier for me to... Yeah. Process. Those things are more cathartic because I because I'm not because it's not a literal fear. Again, things that are literal fears of mine, like actual slasher fucking serial killers. Like if that's all the movie is about, it's not helping. I'm not processing that fear. I'm just becoming more scared. You know what I mean? So I like things that are more that are more metaphorical, I guess. Yeah. It's interesting because I have to admit I am. I'm not like a big true crime fan. I don't listen to tons of true crime podcasts uh-huh. and stuff, but that stuff's fascinating to me. And I I like TV shows and movies about real serial killers. I find it really like interesting. It's disturbing and I find I'm like ashamed of it and I always have been, but I've always been I don't think you need to be ashamed. I get no, how but it's fascinating. That, it is fascinating. Like, I feel like I shouldn't be so into this, but you know, like, yeah. I'm not super ashamed of it. I'm telling everyone in the world about it right now. I'm just saying I have that feeling of like, this like, is why icky. am I into this? Why am I so into this? But I can't stop reading about it. It's just fascinating. And of course, there's the like cold case ones where it's like, ooh, I want to read all about it. Maybe I can figure it oh, out. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's... I'm, I'm never going to. But it's I like recently. only murders in the building. Yeah. I recently spent tons of time reading about the Zodiac Killer and mm-hmm. looking at the ciphers. And I'm like, I don't have a brain that could ever figure out a cipher. And these <laughs> have been like unsolved for decades. They yeah. just solved one recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am fascinated by those things, like very real yes. things that happened. Right. But I have no impulse to watch a film about a fictional serial killer. Interesting. Like even Silence of the Lambs, I don't know. Oh, that's one I've seen a bunch of times I'm not interested in that. Like it was okay. Yeah. I mean, I see that it's a great film, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is very good. But but I don't want to watch it ever again. Yeah, I don't think I do either. I mean, that's another, that's one of those movies. I've seen that movie several times and I don't know why. I think, I think, I saw it when I was a young person and probably was just so proud of myself for watching it that I watched it again. I mean, it's very good also. But um, yeah, I I don't know. I guess I, th- I guess also the other thing for me is it is cathartic when people get away at the end. That That yeah. is the only thing that makes The Shining wor- like watchable for me. If they died at the end, I would be like, sorry, everyone, spoiler, if you haven't seen The Fucking Shining. But um, if the mother and son did not escape at the end, I would never, ever watch that again. Yeah. So that that is some real catharsis for me. Like, 
you know, like I like hearing stories too, like news stories about like, oh, there was a shark attack and the, and the person like punched the shark in the face and survived. Like anything that seems like this slim chance of survival or triumph, uh, I, I like those stories. So, so I don't know that we've talked about this before and it's very tangentially connected. It's not a serial killer in like the typical sense that people think of, but when you were in Montana, there was also another mm-hmm. person in Montana writing a manifesto. The Unabomber. In a cab. In a, <laughs> yes, in a cab. In a, in a cabin. <laughs> um, I don't know if I got Russian there or I was trying to say, <laughs> you said Unabomber and I was Kievan. saying cabin and my voice went weird. Um, yeah. The Unabomber was up there around the yeah. time you were there, right? So, yeah. Ted Kaczynski was out there in a cabin in Montana. Now, I'm not sure... I would have to look up where he was. I don't remember how close he was to where we were. But yeah, he he was out there. Um, and actually, he his manifesto was published in 1995. So I was in Montana at the time. And, and this is another one of those things that like... Did you guys read it? I don't... I know. I, I don't think we read it. But I feel like I knew when that happened you know like in my mind it was like a current event that i guess if you were about if if you read it you would have been reading the comics in the paper as well so (laughs) my point is i'm not sure if like they told us that this happened or if we just if i didn't know about it until i left there did you guys Um, watch the news ever no 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 so i that was such a big thing but in I, my household, like and yours too, I'm sure, growing up. Yeah. Like the nightly news. You always yeah. watch the nightly news right. and the people had their like their station they watched. I think that there must have been some way of them telling us about current events. Um Oh God, I again I mean, we've talked about whether or not we had newspapers and I don't remember I you know, when we had the all the people on who were at the school in Montana with me, um, one of them said we had the Christian Science Monitor. So oh, yeah, that's right. Maybe that was how we got some current events, or maybe hmm. people brought in newspapers. I don't, I don't know. But you never watched the news, or never. No. Not that I remember. I mean, but then I yeah. also have a memory of watching um, the the cha- the Bronco, the, the white Bronco OJ chase. Which, yeah, that happened actually before I went there. But I have this image in my mind of watching it on the little TV in the lounge in, the lounge in Montana. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Memory is so weird yeah. and strange. And I I mean, I just connect that time, I guess, with that. Right. Because it happened right before you went there. But for some reason, the Unabomber, I've never really connected with that time, even though that actually was happening when I was there. Like, the the manifesto happened, and then he was actually captured in 96. Yeah, which so, you, you probably wouldn't have heard about it until I, after you I don't know. That's that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Or left there. I don't know if they told us about it or huh. not. But anyway, yeah, that was definitely happening while I was there. I didn't know Ted personally. Um, <laughs> you guys didn't help him with drafts no, of the he didn't, manifesto? he didn't. Uh, you weren't in a book club together. Hang out with us hmm. much. But, um... But uh, yeah, yeah, that was definitely a current event that was happening nearby. But yeah, I mean, Montana is a huge fucking state too, so it it is wasn't but, necessarily nearby. But yeah, but I mean, nearer than I would have been if I hadn't been sent there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I guess that kind of wraps us up this week on Scream and stuff. Um, 
let us know what your thoughts are about the movie. Uh, I know people love this movie, so tell us about it. Tell us how you feel about it and what you love or hate or any feelings you have about it. Yeah, join um, our Facebook group. Um, you have any memories about Ted Kaczynski at that time? <laughs> Share those too. I would love to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can at me on Twitter or at Never Saw That Pod. You can. Um, Micah did premiere a new segment a couple weeks ago that you may or may not have heard if you listened uh, to that episode uh, called Micah Tweets or something like that. Something like that. Um, it was a long time ago. We don't know. No, what it's called to Don't it. At Me. It's called Don't, don't, at, don't me. at Me. Yeah. Anyway, we're not doing that this week. That's going to be a really occasional sort of uh, <laughs> segment, I think. But I, I will admit that it made me laugh super hard. So it probably is one that we should bring around every once in a while. I guess I'll have to make make more tweets. Is that what people say? Yeah, that's what they say. Do yep. do more I'm gonna twittering. Make a, I'm gonna make a tweet. Yeah, I'll have to do more of that if we're gonna make that. Yeah, a I think. Thing. Uh, yeah, I think so. I uh, or a, not? A because vast either way, it's funny. Backlog of like you know probably tens of tweets that I've made. <laughs> um, in the tens, you know, maybe up tens. to the hundred. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but I may have to become a more frequent tweeter if I'm going to do a segment about it. I don't it. know. I don't think you do need to. I think that's part of what makes it funny is that there aren't that many. Uh, but I don't know, Micah, you, you... I thought the funny part was how I don't get much engagement. Well, it's, it is, that is the funny part, but part of the reason why you don't get much engagement is because you don't tweet very often. Well... So it's a chicken or the egg situation, I think. Yeah, right. Nobody knows. That's irrelevant, isn't it? Okay. Anyway, um, thanks for listening, you all. If you are willing to write us a review, we could really use some new reviews. A good review only, please. <laughs> um, and if you're going to rate you us, say that, Jen. Yes, I can. You and can't if you're going to rate people. us, give us five stars because we're a small independent podcast. And don't be a dick. There's no reason to be <laughs> a dick. If you don't like this podcast, move along. And seriously, we do have a few like one star ratings, but there's no reviews with them. So, like, why bother? Why? Like, tell why? Us, at least tell I, us. I mean, I'm kind of glad they didn't tell us because it, would, know, it would weigh on me really heavy. And then I'd be like, oh, we should stop doing this podcast because someone out there hates it. Uh, oh, I'm sure tons of people out there hate it. I mean, I think that's but... assuming that tons of people have listened to it. And I don't <laughs> feel that way. So I don't, I don't think that I, I don't. Okay. I anyway, it doesn't you matter. can leave us a review. Yeah. Would you please? And a nice one. It's fun. We have some really wonderful reviews, and um, but they're like three years old now or yeah. four years old even. So and join our Facebook group, as I mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, so many new people are in there. So thank you for joining. Uh, maybe some of you are new listeners. Welcome if you are. Yeah. Um, and if you have topics from ninety four to ninety six that you want to hear about, let us know. If someone shared the pod with you and you like it, um, and you're listening right now, let us know and share it with someone else. There you go. And yeah, we really appreciate that. Yes. And thank you, as always, to our wonderful patrons who uh, give us a, t a little bit of financial support to help us continue doing this. Uh, we appreciate all of them at any level, and it really does help us. The little bit of financial support helps us to keep doing it. So if anybody wants to uh, throw in some more financial support, we would, we would fucking love that. Um, but no pressure. So. Uh, that's that. And uh, thank you. We love you. And thanks to Grandma Cray for our artwork. Thank you to Fifi Folios for our internet stuff. Thanks to Minus Violet for our music. Until next time. See, see you in, in the, the 90s. 90s.